Welcome back to the Finishing Touch podcast, a Swish Theory podcast. I am your host, Tyler Wilson, uh, joined as always by my colleague, David Sidock. David, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. It's uh, It's been a minute, but I'm excited to, to be back to talk some hoops with you. Um, college basketball is in the public eye, um, so hopefully everybody's excited to hear some more about some NBA draft, draft prospects, and we got a couple for you coming up this week. Um, Tyler, how are you doing? Man, I am doing great. It is that time of year. The ground is thawing. Birds are coming back, waking me up in the morning and our trees outside. It is. Uh, it feels like spring. It feels like the draft is right around the corner, and I cannot wait to uh, get the ball rolling into uh, the most exciting time of the year in, uh, in my uh, estimation. A little bit of a programming note here going forward. We're going to have individualized episodes for each prospect we talk about here. Uh, so for our first episode, we are going to be digging into Derek Whitehead out of Duke. Uh, he is a freshman, uh, played at Montverde Academy in high school, was the number one RSCI recruit for the 2022 class, uh, struggled with injury issues to begin the year, uh, kind of rounded into form as the uh, the season came to a close, uh, finished with uh, splits of 8.3 points, 2.4 rebounds, 1.0 assists on 42-43-80 shooting splits. Uh, not overwhelming numbers, only played about 20 minutes a game, uh, spent a lot of the year coming off the bench. Uh, but but again, a highly touted recruit with a a lot of projection involved in the evaluation here. Uh, David, where do you stand on Dariq? Uh, before I get into where I stand, I kind of want to pick your brain on Dariq, seeing as how you had, you were the highest out of all the Swiss Theory contributors on him um, on the recent NBA draft guide. And uh, for those of you that haven't checked it out, go ahead and check that out. It's on swish3.com. It's it's really cool, in my opinion. I didn't contribute for this project, but everybody did a really good job. And uh, it is just a really in-depth, great um, review of every end or the consensus top 40 here on here on the group. Um, but yeah, what do you think of Dariq Tyler? Yeah, thank you. Uh, the project was super awesome. There really is an embarrassment of riches when it comes to uh, the, the draft minds uh, in the, I guess the the Swiss theory, Swiss theory team. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you necessarily call it, but uh, it was really awesome working with some of the guys and uh, kind of putting together a board. I did come out the highest on Dariq, um, uh by a pretty good margin. Uh, from like I was the only one to have him in the top ten. Still, I am holding on strong. Uh, I don't know. I just Dariq is somebody that's always really intrigued me. He, uh, the first thing that caught my eye watching him is that he really is just like an unflappable character. You watch him on the court and he does, uh, I mean, I can't remember who it was. I want to say, I, I can't remember which college, college basketball announcer it was. So I, I'm not going to try to guess and, and look stupid, but uh, someone would be like, oh, he, he he walks around the court like he, he carries himself like he's Michael Jordan. And I, I think that's probably a little bit dramatic in terms of uh, the level of like confidence and swagger, but you can just, you see that he has been the number one rated recruit in his class for a while and, and one of the top guys and someone that's projected to be in the NBA and he, he carries himself that way. And nothing, like moments don't tend to, to flap him and end of game moments don't scare him at all. And that really kind of appealed to me in a way that um, I thought was always surprising for someone that was 16 and 17 watching him in Montford. Um, this year at Duke, 
probably has not gone according to plan. I would say anybody close to the situation would agree with. Um, but I think a lot of that is easily attributed to his context and the situation at Duke from his injury and just their actual on-court product. Um, I still think that he is again an ideally proportioned essentially two guard uh, with the ability to get a shot off the bounce in a major way that is going to be like be a positive contributor defensively from day one. And I, I think that obviously there are questions in his game and how much creativity he has off the bounce and how much he can get to the rim. But um, I just, I buy it. I buy his improvement. I buy his mentality and I, I just buy him uh, as a shooter. And uh, I think that that is enough for me to be really excited about his future. And uh, I, I think his fit is easy. I think he's one of the most scalable players in this class. Yeah. Um, I think I'm probably a little bit lower on Derek. Uh, all things considered. Um, I think he's a good shooter. I don't know if I see him as like elite and reading um, your little blurb on him on the draft guide. I think you probably see him as a much better shooter than I do. Uh, I just, I just think that the sample isn't like big enough to call him elite yet. And one of the things that you pointed out in your, your section was that he had an 89% free throw uh, rate but or shooting percentage but after like two two games later and a couple of free throws taken later and it's down to 79 percent so i just think the sample is probably a little too small to to call him an elite shooter i do think he's a good shooter i don't think he's like gonna be a bad shooter by any means probably a little probably above average shooter um but other than that i feel like i was kind of unimpressed by his rim pressure, his ability to finish at the rim, and just like the other aspects to his game. I think um, the the finishing and the rim pressure was a little bit better in high school for Montverde, but it still wasn't like great in my opinion. And uh, that kind of has me probably not in that top 10 range. I haven't really gone to ranked guys yet, but I just feel like there's other guys I can can do more on the ball than him that are just as good of shooters and maybe offer a little bit less defensively, but they're still not like bad defensively. I think Dariq's a good off ball, um, off ball player. And I know you wanted to get into that some. So did you want to talk about that real quick? Yes, yeah, so I think a, a couple of points here. Uh, so I, I do agree that um, Derek's like, sample of like being a great shooter is probably not large enough for you to like classify him as like an, an elite shooting prospect. I think that's probably a, a fair assumption. I, I do think that that that's a point you hear a lot. And I think some of that evaluation is colored by the fact that like AJ Griffin went to Duke last year and like was a true blue elite shooting prospect that had a season that was kind of marred an injury in like a similar way. And everyone wants to make that comparison. And uh, and, and people get upset about it. I think rightfully so, because like, AJ is probably the best shooting prospect ever for someone of his size. Um, I get, I, if it's not the best, it's one of the two or three best seasons ever. So, or, or I guess like, shot profiles ever like for high school and college so yeah Derek's certainly not on that level and I think that when he gets compared to him in those circumstances it, it probably lessens the uh the solidness of his like shooting profile yeah he hasn't been like a great shooter since he was like 14 or 15 but has 
the upward trajectory of his shot and his ability to get to a shot off the bounce was incredibly steep over the last like 18 months of his high school career. And uh, going into Duke, obviously that was kind of knocked off course by injury and his uh, overall fit on the roster. But I, I still buy that. And um, I don't think that it's quite like the solid bet. Like, yeah, I, I would bet AJ Griffin has a couple of seasons shooting like 45% from three on like real volume. It's just kind of the shooter that he is. And, and Dariq isn't that, but Dariq's like a markedly better defensive prospect. And so obviously apples and oranges, but I do think that Dariq is a really good shooting prospect. It probably just takes a little bit more um, faith than other, than other uh, evaluations. Cause you really just haven't seen it at this level. Um, I think part of that is too, like you said, is, kind of dig into the off ball stuff. Like I do think that he is a good shooter off the catch. And there's like, I've seen some consternation about the idea. Like, Oh, he looks a little stiff off the catch. And I think that is true to an extent. Um, like he's not the most fluid mover in general, especially with his upper body, but um, the numbers off the catch are good. And I think that he shoots well off of it and has shown flashes of being able to shoot off of movement. I can't remember if it was their tournament game against Tennessee or if it was uh, their game against, uh, Virginia a week or two before that, but they, it was a game in trans, uh, a play in transition. He's coming down the right hand side ahead of the play, and um, the Tyrese Proctor kicks it into the corner, and he's like running in a full sprint and hits a three in the corner, kind of like tilting off to the side, like kind of like Clay Thompson esque in that. Just like I'm sprinting into a three and I catch it and just get it up and have this like awesome high value shot in within three seconds of a shot clock, and. Uh, to see him make that shot and to shoot it so confidently was like incredibly encouraging. Cause I don't, he doesn't get used as like an off ball mover very much at Duke. I think he had seven possessions on the entire year that he finished labeled as a cutter, which is like astoundingly low. And I think is uh, indicative of the issues with Duke's context more so than his limited role. Just I don't think there's anybody creating advantages and uh, putting themselves in positions to make plays for guys like Derek playing off ball. Um, so I don't know. I think that there is a lot of meat left on the bone in terms of like the ways that you can utilize Dariq offensively. And I think that if he's going to be limited to like a guy who just sits in the corner and spots up or just kind of like is like meandering around the perimeter waiting for somebody to hopefully get by their man and have something happen. Like, yeah, the context isn't great, but um, I don't know. I think that his playoff ball is probably a lot better than what he showed at Duke this year because he's never going to play with such poor offensive con- uh, talent around him like ever again. He was far and away the second or third best offensive player on the team when he was on the court every time he was. And uh, he didn't even have that good of an offensive season. That's uh, certainly troublesome. But um, I've been rambling for a while, but uh, the rim pressure point is a good one. Um, how do you feel about his uh, injury history and like his recovery from that? Do you, do you feel like that factors into his issues at the rim at all? Or do you think that that is just more indicative of his uh his play style and athleticism uh, going back to high school. I think it definitely has like at least somewhat of an effect, especially since it's like, is his first couple months back or like first year back. So I, I think he'll probably like regain some more juice that kind of allows him to get to the rim a little bit better. But even then, like I was, I was saying, I wasn't like impressed by his rim pressure at all in high school and his, his finishing numbers have, kind of just been subpar um something else i noticed is just like his handle it can get pretty loose at times and he he kind of struggled in the high school games especially I, I had one game where like he really struggled with like some gathers and pickups just like getting the ball poked exposing it on drives things like that um 
so I'm not like super optimistic um, with his his rim pressure, especially like off of a standstill. I mean, I think he can probably he'll probably be able to like attack closeouts and stuff uh, at the next level. But overall, I'm not super optimistic um, by his rim pressure. Um, touching back on the shooting, something I kind of just like noticed that's kind of interesting. Um, I kind of wanted to like hear what you think about his mechanics because looking at his base, it seems like he kind of like favors his left leg a little bit, which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know like if f- fixing that or like changing that will help him at all, but it, it's kind of like, it's almost like Embiid a little bit. Embiid kind of does that too. He kind of favors his left leg on, on his jump shots. Step at the, like, the, yeah. The top of the arc, right? Yeah. I, I, I noticed that as well. And it's, it's really pronounced in some situations where it's like, wait, what is he doing? Like, what is going on here? Um, I definitely think that there is some amount of like low hanging fruit, but I also do wonder how much of that is having had like repeated lower body injuries and how that affects yeah, yeah, yeah. landing and how you're comfortable recovering. And I think that like tying that into the rim pressure point earlier is that like I think that like, yeah, I, and having watched Tariq's high school tape, obviously like rim pressure was one of the major question marks coming into the year and like why he wasn't viewed in the kind of that like maybe Thompson Twins tier of prospect, uh, just because he didn't kind of have that level of like undeniable on-ball juice and that is i'm not like reassured by what's happened this year like obviously i don't feel better about that question um but i do think that like some of the like stark negatives you see on tape this year were more of a result of him not only like having had lower body injuries but struggling to get back into condition and shape and then playing a full season throughout that like it wasn't even just one injury it was two separate instances of a flare-up of an injury and missing time and having to try to work your way back into shape mid-season without camp after that. I think that is uh, that is certainly really difficult. And like, A.J. Griffin has looked significantly more spry this year after a full off-season in Atlanta and having time to recover. I wouldn't be surprised if Derek looked like a much better athlete next year. So does that help the handle stuff? Uh, no, it doesn't. Like, I think that his upper body is pretty stiff in a way that is at least a little bit concerning in terms of his actual creation with the ball in his hands. Um, I mentioned this point earlier in the year with Pau talking about uh, OG and Anobi, but like there is like a, a certain level of like wrist and forearm and uh, like flexibility and like fluidity you have in movement and that you see in like ballroom dances. And that's kind of the point I was making was that you watch Vinny Guadagnino from Jersey Shore try to ballroom dance and you can just, you can tell there are certain movements that some people just aren't built to do. And like, doesn't matter how hard you try or how, like, how to figure out, like, it's just not going to happen for you. And uh, like, I do see that sometimes with Dariq where it just feels like things are stiff and kind of awkward and clunky at times, especially in like tight spaces or trying to like, uh, like change directions and like kind of like at the drop of a hat. Um, in those moments of chaos, I don't think that Dariq is much of a handler and there's not a whole lot of creativity. Um, so that is a little bit concerning. Um, I don't really view him as somebody that is going to need to like initiate offense consistently. Um, and within their role, I do think he would be, will be a great opportunistic scorer. And, um, but as uh, a general point, I do think the value of somebody who can create off the dribble with their ball, with the ball in their hands is, just as if not more valuable than like genuine rim pressure in today's NBA. And I think that Derek has probably one of the best shots in the class to, to generally do that. And um, like how much of a bag is he going to have in doing that? Or like how much like of a, is he going to be like a three level scorer? I don't know, but I, I do buy the 
Darius upside as a shooter off the dribble, like creating space with a step back. It's like those workout, um, like workout style moves or those, uh, it's kind of like a, what, I don't even know how to describe it. Like these like la- large strides or like, big moments where you're creating space and kind of something you can rehearse and get into. Like I fully buy Darius is going to polish that to the largest extent possible. Um, and I, if he does that, I mean, like, that's like a, a really great opportunistic score. That like that's a bet that I'm willing to make on somebody in the top ten. Yeah, it might just be that I'm, I don't I don't know. I was still like figuring out where I am with him, but I might just be like I don't know, overweighting. Is that the right word? I guess like um, the importance of rim pressure in a guy like him. Yeah, like, I mean, that's the the kind of the debate here, right? Is like how much does yeah. rim actually matter because i think that like my whole draft philosophy is generally like it, it matters a lot <laughs> you know like you really need mm-hmm. it um, but like do you need it from like your secondary or tertiary like offensive players like at what level right. do you no longer need your players to have significant rim pressure like i don't know um i don't know, i think drake's a really interesting bet how did you feel about his defense and his projection on that end um, I liked it. I, I think his point of attack defense is uh, generally, like, pretty good, especially when he's, like, focused. And I think as he continues to to um, regain the athleticism like you were talking about, uh, maybe get some – get even more, I don't know, like, lateral quickness back, uh, it'll just continue to improve. But uh, he's pretty um, – he's, he's a strong player for his position – and uh he can wall off drives pretty well uh he mirrors ball handlers well so definitely um excited by that and it kind of ties back into that point we we're talking about earlier like i don't know like these like stiff upper guy upper body guys or like kind of like stiff movers on the offensive end for some reason they just like they kind of like pop a little bit on the defensive end that i don't know if there's like something to that just like this mayor effect but but yeah, I liked him as a defender. Um, he had like a couple sloppy closeouts um, in my watches, but I mean that just might just be like I don't know lapse in concentration or like lack of conditioning, like you were talking about, just like trying to ramp back up into like basketball shape. Because like as like a guy that like played like soccer a lot and stuff like that, like there's a difference between being like in shape and then being in like game shape. Like that, there's a big difference mm-hmm. there. I don't think people are like aware of. But yeah. No, exactly. I think that that is a, a huge point of it. And, and my general point regarding Dariq, which is that like draft misses and, and the biggest ones that you see are either like the unknown, like it was like a Giannis and Tentacum, or somebody you, just, you have like entirely imperfect information on that ends up being incredible. Or there are these highly rated recruits that either should not have been in the top 10 of their high school class rankings and just were there because they grew faster than everybody else and just kind of like dominated their scene and had their name there and someone overdrafts them and now they're just like you know stuck holding the bag or they were a rightfully put as a highly like top rated rsci recruit have issues in their context are unfairly docked for that and then like boom you have this huge explosion of value in like two or three years later when they actually are on, like back on their proper trajectory and i think that um like Derek, I, I really can see the issues with his current sample and that probably makes me uh more prone to bet on him because like, i don't think that that duke roster was like particularly well fitting in any way offensively like they're just it, it was a 
really tough situation to be in for him. And so I am certainly sympathetic to that. I mean, not only was he not really given a chance to explore the studio space with the ball in his hands, but he wasn't really put into proper situations to score with the ball not in his hands. And I think that is um, not ideal. And obviously some of it's related to him missing time and not being like a a part of the offense as much as the staff would have liked. But um, I don't know. I just like, I think that the bet for Tariq is really easy in that the defense, like you said, is just really solid. Like there's, I just don't see any reality where Tariq's a poor defender in the NBA. Um, he's really strong. Like you said, I think he does well point of attack. Like some of the screen nav stuff isn't great. And maybe that's again, some of that at the upper body, uh, like on the lack of flexibility, like he gets caught pretty easily, but he's just a big dude. So like, I'm not shocked by that, but I don't know. I think that, I think he's just really solid. I think in team defense, he's, he's really good in rotations. He's not like this enormous event creator, but he is going to make the life, your life harder as an offensive player when he's on the court. And, just executing the scheme and being where he's supposed to be. And um, like, somebody that is, like, I feel 100% confident betting is going to be a positive impact defensive player. Like, not necessarily, like, a impact in terms of, like, oh, they're, like, greatly altering, the, like, the game, but like, actually providing some amount of positive value. Like, Derek is there. And uh, to find that in somebody with any kind of upside off the dribble as a shooter is uh, exciting and fun and um I think there's a lot of reasons to buy Dariq as somebody who could um, greatly outplay their draft stock with kind of where they're list- listed. And um, at least in this class, there's not very many people that I would sooner bet on to uh, outplay their draft slot than Dariq is at this point. Um, yeah, the, the rim pressure stuff, we'll see. I mean, maybe maybe that is the, uh, the ultimate heel here, but uh, that's the only real question I have at least. I mean, his frame is huge. He's huge. He's a huge dude. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see where like he like falls in the draft and like how teams kind of view him. Uh, yeah, kind of side two or a three. Hey, that's a good, should be a question to have. I don't know. I feel like yeah, I think you can play either of them. Honestly, like, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Maybe more of a two if I had to choose. But yeah, I, I think, think that's probably depends on. Too. Yeah, I think it just kind of depends like lineup context and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting with Dariq is that, like, I don't think I'm really ever going to put him on like point of attack defensively, but like his, is he, has a solid frame and he's got like a decently long wingspan, but his standing reach has got to be enormous. Like, I don't know, yeah. something about his height is just like so vertical. I feel like he gets the shot so easily, and it's just it feels like he surprises people on that end of the floor, just being able to like get his hand up and be like, oh wow, like this, this like it's like eight foot seven right here. Like, how did this already happen? Um, I don't know, he, his balance is weird too. Like I don't know how to describe it, but like, so I don't know. Like his dunks are always like, I don't know, like powerful. I guess is the word. But then like he's not getting off the ground that high. Like he's not getting up that high. And there is something imposing about his physical profile that I, I can't totally put my finger on. But he he's just a really well-rounded prospect in that uh, respect. Like he it has a great frame for his position. Um, doesn't quite have like that quick twitch burst you would see in your typical on-ball creators, but um, and I, I really like it, and I, I really like his overall package, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing where he ends up on draft night. I think there's a lot of really interesting fits, and uh, any team in the NBA is going to be a better offensive fit for Dariq than Duke was, so I will look forward to seeing that at least. Yeah, man, I'm really excited to see where he lands. Uh, like you said, I think the NBA version of Dariq could be a lot more fun than the one that we've gotten to see in this kind of like abbreviated season for him 
Um, this is gonna wrap it up for our, um, our first, what was it that we called prospect tapes, the prospect tapes episode, uh, <laughs> yeah. a bite-sized episode for you guys. So you can just focus on one player and, uh, hopefully it's a little bit more digestible, but, um, yeah, let us know yeah. what you think. Let us know if, uh, you are a big Derek Whitehead fans. Don't let us know if you are Derek Whitehead doubters. We don't want any of that energy. Um, but yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to talking to some more uh, Duke prospects later this week. Yep. Um, yep. Just be on the lookout for the the next episode. It should it should release the next day. So I'm thinking that's gonna be Wednesday. And uh, yeah, until next time, this is finishing touch. Signing out.